Welcome to the Agora Fertility Journals, where we talk about empowering the freedom of reproductive choice for everyone. I'm Natalie Silverman, host of the Fertility Podcast, and the Agora invited me to visit them in Hove, where they support a wide range of individuals and couples on their route to parenthood with wisdom, compassion, and honesty. This podcast series is all about their stories, dreams, and actual journeys to parenthood. The Agora Journals. I hope you enjoy them. In this episode, I caught up with Satch Satchel, a Brighton-based musician. Satch talks about the hurdles he had to overcome in order to preserve his fertility before transitioning and his experience of treatment, and how he feels now about having 12 embryos to use with his fiancée Lisa when they are ready to start a family. My name is Satch and I am a songwriter from Worthing. Tell me a little bit about where you're at with um, trying to start a family. So where we're at now is that I have 12 embryos frozen in the clinic. Uh, so we had successful fertility preservation treatment before I went on testosterone um, and soon we will start insemination. And as far as thinking about having a family, was that something in the decision to transition was prominent or were you just not sure how to go about it and went out and asked questions and then started the journey to transition? Um, it definitely was, I mean, most people want to start a family. So it, it was just something that I needed to do to preserve my options before going on testosterone and then not having any options after that if that makes sense yeah yeah and did you have any idea about going about the preservation were you researching it or did you come to a clinic so when you're transgender you if you're signed if you're with the nhs then you're signed up to the gic which is the gender identity clinic um and they kind of they tell you before you go on testosterone what the effects are going to be and one of them is that you're you will likely lose fertility um so i got a limited amount of information from them um and to be honest most kind of transgender health uh information on the internet like most things on the internet is not reliable so then we came to an open day here at the agora and you're in a relationship yes i'm engaged and congratulations thank you when's the when's the wedding uh august 2021 in france all right so hopefully you're going to have had a baby by then? Maybe. So we've got an upcoming wedding and then we've got upcoming baby. <laughs> Don't know what order yet. What I'd like to do is is start talking about that process of coming and preserving, yep. freezing, how that was for you, yep. what kind of hurdles you had to overcome. Yeah, so we came to like an open evening and that was, oh, that must have been kind of 18 months ago now. Um and things have changed a lot since then, I think, improved a lot since then. Like, even when we were there initially, there wasn't much stuff that was tailored for trans people um, or trans families like that. It was predominantly for kind of cisgender, heteronormative couples with some stuff for gay and lesbian families. Even down to, like, the forms that we had to fill out and stuff, they were, had wrong pronouns on and stuff like that, which can be very triggering and I think that's probably a huge fear for um, a lot of trans people going into situations like this. But thinking about hurdles, one was that if you freeze eggs, then that you have a much lower uh, 
chance of succeeding with a pregnancy, getting pregnant. Um, whereas if you freeze embryos, your chances massively increase. So we needed to think about money for that. Um, and then also just uh, the wild femininity of what it is for a man to go through. But yeah, we've kind of been on this journey with the Agora um, and kind of muddling through together on the way. And they've just tried to help us and we've tried to advise them. And now we are where we are. Because I know that from the Agora's point of view, it's a huge part for them to correct their paperwork. Thing. Yeah. So being able to have that dialogue must have been quite freeing for you. No. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, obviously, in many uh, kind of industries and institutions and whatever, people can be very set in their ways, but they are, they're not just open to that. They're actively trying to improve their services. So are seeking us out, like, and yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And even stuff that, I mean, it won't necessarily uh, affect us because we've already had our treatment, but hopefully it will help other trans families in the future. Now, the physical process of you having to come in and have the investigations, I know that was a hard thing for you. Are you happy to talk to me a bit about that? Yeah, it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've definitely been through some difficult things on, on like the, the kind of transition journey. Um, and there were points where I really thought that I just wasn't going to be able to do it. And um, like me and Lisa, my fiance, we, we, we've had points where we were just crying because we didn't think we'd be able to do it. But I mean, again, it was just something that we kind of muddled through with the Agora on. Um, and... I mean, I was part of the reason why we had to do it when we did was because I was depressed being being transgender and not transitioning. So I needed to go on testosterone fast for my mental health. So I was already struggling at the time. And then to go through that on top was really hard. But luckily, I was in counselling at the time um, anyway. So I had a, uh, an outlet to talk about it. Um, my fiance is really supportive. The staff here were great and I had a lot of diazepam. <laughs> but things like that, that the, the Agora recommended and then my GP would prescribe and stuff. It's like, yeah, that it was kind of like having a team around me to help get me through. Um, but I definitely don't want to do it again, ever. <laughs> That's one of the reasons that we're having this conversation It's to get that awareness that there are ways, if that physical element of it is one of the hurdles that's preventing you from even considering that this could be an option for you to even try for sure um everybody's different every trans person is different but a lot of trans men i for sure will will struggle with um any kind of being treated like a, a female in any way even if even if the staff are using all the right pronouns and they're being so respectful and they're doing everything they can do, it's just it's just not right. Like it's it's totally unnerving and it's traumatizing to be honest. Um so yeah, it definitely takes it's not for the faint hearted, but there there are way throughs if if you want it enough. Like for me, I just felt like I'd already kind of missed out on enough things and I didn't want to miss out on having biological children so that's what I held on to and that's what got me through it and you talked about how you've got the counselling in place and you're having conversations with your GP the conversation about what you needed drugs wise was that received okay 
I'm really, yeah, I'm really, really lucky with my GP. Um, my GP's in Worthing as well, which isn't famous for its liberalism. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's really, really good and really supportive. And he actually went out of his way to to try and see if we could get help through the NHS and stuff like that. Um, and he's just done everything he can to help. But yeah, I, I, that it ca- that can be another hurdle for sure. Just with you can have anything from a transphobic doctor to uh like my doctor which was great but he still didn't have that much knowledge about it he still had to go and do some research like um but i feel like everything is on the up in that regard and i suppose there could be an opportunity to ask for another gp because it's knowing that there is that end goal that there is the procedures in place yeah you just need to get through the red tape don't you don't want one person's lack of understanding to stop you yeah lack of exposure to to these situations i think i definitely wouldn't be deterred in what you want by by anyone is what i would say like if if you've got a doctor that's telling you something is just not is not possible for whatever reason i would 100 percent if it's anything to do with trans health go and get a second opinion and probably even a third and research 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 because you might, you could likely be told something by a well-meaning doctor that just didn't know any better, and then you've missed out on a on an irreversible decision. So, and as far as having conversations about families within the trans communities, mm-hmm. do you think there's more of them happening? I mean, you're talking about starting a podcast, <laughs> talking about your experiences. Yeah, for sure. We're we're starting a podcast because lots of the stuff that's already out there, like Channel Four documentaries and stuff like that. Though it's great that trans lives are getting more exposure, they're all very depressing and they're all very serious and we feel like it just makes trans people look like these serious, dramatic people that talk about nothing but surgery and coming out and stuff like that and it's just not the case. So we will be talking about that stuff but in a, in a lot more kind of light-hearted way. But yeah, again, just having having conversations and making these conversations more kind of household if that makes sense normalizing them normalizing them yeah um and kind of I'm so bored of educating people if I'm honest like it's not every trans person's job to educate people that don't know but um if by doing a kind of podcast that reaches out to more people could help and and other mediums as well then maybe us as trans people won't have to educate every person we meet every time we meet them so let's come back to the treatment and your plans because you've frozen your embryos. What about the choosing of a sperm donor? How was that? Um, so we went with the the European Sperm Bank, which is recommended by the Agora. And we looked and looked for ages and just it was just something we had to work out together as a couple, really, of what we wanted and um, not rush it and stuff like that. And yeah, we... We kept looking, kept looking, and then we came here for an appointment uh, to plan more of our treatment and stuff. And we went uh, for lunch afterwards just to try and like process everything. Um, and we were looking, and this one came up, and it kind of ticked all our boxes. We call it the on switch. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, this on switch ticked all our boxes, and it, it primarily was healthy. Um, and then after that, kind of... I don't know how much of this is relevant because it, you know, nature and nurture and all that, but personality wise was creative and all, all this sort of stuff. And then looks wise, whatever you want to have. And 
we were umming and ahhing whether to pay for it because it's like two grand or something like that. So it's a huge decision. Um, and just as we were thinking about it, someone walked in the pub with a newborn baby and we were like, it's a sign. And we just, we just went for it. Um, and yeah, once it's done, I haven't really thought about it since then, if I'm honest. It's just, it is what it is. Like, So have you both frozen your eggs or is it just you? Yeah, so... I, like I said, because I, I was I was struggling with depression and I needed to go on testosterone, so we we had to rush and do that. We had to preserve my treatment um, and we didn't have a lot of money and we begged, borrowed and stole to do it. But yeah, we went forward and went through that whole procedure that I talked about earlier and then we ended up with 12 embryos, um, which are mine, technically. Um and we call, we say we call, because they're all in a freezer, we call the boys Cornetto and the girls Vianetta and any in between twisters. Um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so we, that was just done, draw a line under it. Then when we want to proceed with starting a family, we can either um, access those embryos, implant one in my fiance, um, or we can, we bought enough donor sperm that are, children will be biologically related so by having the same sperm donor so we can just inseminate using lisa's egg just like natural insemination um so yeah we we have either or options and we'll do one first and then the other after that's exciting very and scary <laughs> and scary but you've got you've got options you've got a multitude of embryos in your frozen ice cream store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we talked before about cost, and I know it's something that Carol here at the Agora has been lobbying her CCG to get funding for this treatment, and she just found out that, that, that there has been some success. How does that make you feel? Amazing. That's amazing news. Yeah, I think how it worked before was that you, in certain areas of the UK, you could get funding um, and not in others. And when I looked into it, it seemed to me that all the areas where there might be transgender people could not get the funding and then like really rural areas where kind of LGBT people are less likely to be you could get the funding um so yeah that wasn't really a great supportive system for trans people but we won't get into the politics of that um but yeah Carol seems to have um managed to have a bit of a breakthrough in I think I think it's in West Sussex um which means that yeah, trans people should be able to get some help on the NHS, which is amazing. Um, I know that the Equality Commission actually took the NHS to court as well because they were saying that it is against human rights to force someone to choose between living their life, their happy life as who they are um, in their identity and um, choosing between that and starting a family. Um, so I think between that and Carol and various other people, hopefully there's a bit of a turning point now. When it comes to thinking of starting a family, when you've had to deal with all the emotional side of what comes with transitioning and you talked about your mental health and all that you needed to do. Yeah. How does it feel now with the steps that you've taken and what you've done? Well, we didn't we didn't want to um, implant the embryo straight away because we knew that we financially weren't in the right place, mentally not in the right place we were exhausted from it all um and we just wanted to wait until we were in a better better position uh to be able to start um and we're a, i think we're a year on now from when i did that um and i 
I've finished counselling and I'm no longer depressed or on antidepressants and um, focusing on my songwriting career, which is going really well. Uh, and Lisa's career is going really well. And we just work really hard to get to a place where we would be ready to start a family. But also a point that Lisa made was that we didn't want to look back at videos and photos or whatever and me not be physically transitioned to where I want to be. Like, I don't want to, as, as a as I'm sure any trans person listening to this could relate to, like there's a lot of photos from growing up that you don't want to look at. You don't want people to see um, and are triggering and upsetting for you. Um, so I don't want any photos with my newborn kids in for me not to want to look at. So we decided to wait for that reason as well. And then there's the whole storytelling aspect of what you tell your child, what support you've got and how you go about it. How do you feel about that? Uh, so we've got a plan. We're going to make a little children's book, I think. Uh, my sister's a, a writer, so we're probably going to work with her and just make this little book um, about a kid's story, about how it came into existence and how it was more wanted than a lot of kids are, I guess. Like, um, yeah, so just I think honesty is the best policy, um, but just talking to the kid on his, her or their level. What about the conversations with family, with your parents, about them becoming grandparents in this modern way? Um, I, I mean, my family knew that I was having the, the treatment and stuff, as did, as did Lisa's family. Um, and we're on very good terms with all of them. Um, we actually had, as part of the treatment, you go for a, a counselling session to discuss all these sort of things. And we actually had it last week, so this is fresh. <laughs> but um, we went in and we got asked those same questions. And there's definitely a part of us that both both of us just wanted to sort of be like, um, I'm trying to think of a polite way to say it, uh, go away, it's none of your business <laughs> in a lot of regards. Um, but... Generally, I I think with most things in trans life, life generally, like it's better to just be who you are and be open and honest and not carry big secrets around. Um, yeah, so I think generally that is how we'll be. But um, every now and then you get a kind of random in the pub coming up to you and asking questions that they definitely have no right to ask. And that's for every... Um, every trans person to handle how they see fit, I guess. I suppose as well now, the fact that you've made it possible for your parents to become grandparents, it must be quite a relief because I imagine growing up, maybe it was something that you were worried about. I think it's a very like intrinsic, natural feeling to want to continue your lineage, I guess. Like it is in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of trans people that have families that they're they're not, they, they haven't biologically had any part in and they are just as happy, if not happier, than a lot of others. Um, but I can only speak on behalf of myself and that is, it's it's just something that I, I just, like I said earlier, I just felt like I kind of missed out on enough and I, that is not something I wanted to miss out on. Um, but we, I will have children that aren't biologically mine as well and won't treat them any different. So, um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know you said early on that you're fed up of having to educate, but if 
we've helped one person feel less alone by sharing your story then you know we've we've achieved what we've set out to do knowing what you know and having done what you've done with regards to the fertility preservation and waiting the time to process it all if you're going to impart one bit of wisdom to someone listening what would you say um man uh i think what i said earlier about don't just accept a first opinion like you i mean any any trans person i'm sure knows how to fight for things they've had to to get to where they are also you're gonna get really unintelligent people asking you really unintelligent questions and being very inappropriate so i guess prepare yourself for that know what you're gonna say so that when they catch you off guards you don't just not say anything and then wish you did after um I mean, I'm, you've caught me at a bad time in terms of educating people because I've come into contact with quite a few of those uh, people that I just mentioned this week. So I'm I'm a little bit uh, about that at the moment. But I think it's every every kind of LGBT person's job to, not job, job's not the right word, but everyone kind of should try and make things better for people in the future as did the people that were before us that have made it to this point now where I can sit in a fertility clinic and actually have this treatment. So I suppose a part of it as well is we talked about the physical difficulties of the procedures that, you know, you've had to overcome. And if someone's listening, thinking there's just no way I could go through that and you've described what you had to do to go through it. Is there anything else you'd like to share about that? I mean, did it get to a point that it was now or never? You just had to come and have the treatment 100% was now or never because like I said I, I had I had to do what I had to do so I could get on testosterone as quick as possible um and now I'm def I'm the happiest I've ever been like I've just turned 30 and I feel like I'm at the start of of adulthood um it's hard for me to look back and 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 give that much great advice because at at the time I mean, I think anyone knows, like, you go through, through traumatic stuff, you kind of get that, I call it, like, cognitive, it's like cognitive fog. Um, so I don't remember a lot of it that clearly. And that with, like, a lot of diazepam, um, yeah, it, it is a bit hazy for me. I think that the, the biggest obstacles coming into this and, and for people in my position would be um, would be the kind of intrusive procedures um the, the kind of feminine treatment um down from everything like from the procedures down to like the forms and stuff like that um and yeah the money side of it i guess i mean a lot of trans people have already had to spend a lot of money on surgeries and and whatever else because the, the nhs is so underfunded and under-resourced and we're under-supported in that way um for me, it was just something that I just knew I had to do. Um, and I guess I just made it happen. Like, I, I guess not everyone will be as fortunate as to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, in terms of advice, I think be prepared with what you're going to say to people. Take any help you can, be that legal drugs um, <laughs> and support and stuff like that. And and just, if I guess some people will be doing this on their own. They won't be in couples. So... Get some good pals around you, I guess, and get them to come with you. Because I wouldn't have been able to do it without Lisa. There's, there's no way. So, yeah. Before I let you go, do you want to give your podcast a bit of a plug? 
I, I want you to give me tips and advice on how to do a good one. Um, but yeah, it's called Satch and Leo's Transmission. Um, it will have stuff like this on it, but I mean, we're just a couple of jokers, really. We just want to have a laugh and just um, put it out there and try and help if we can. But I mean... Well, we're talking at the start of June. Have you got a time for it to launch? Probably a month from now. Like, it's all set up, but we need to... We need to record a few. Yep, good starting point, record. So what's the, yeah, what's your best advice for me other than record for a podcast? Just be yourself. Just be, well, there we go. That's what we're talking about now, so. People want to hear you. That's what it's all about. Great, okay. Right, well, I'll make sure I put the details in the show notes for this. Keep my tabs on you. It sounds like it's going to be the positive side of things. Life wants... Happy. And you can find my music at Satch Satchel as well. Satchsatchel.com. Uh, so I made a record a year ago before my voice broke and now we are um, making six videos to go with it and I'm playing along live, duetting with myself. How's that? It's amazing. I love it. Uh, I was so scared about losing my voice and stuff and now it's just the best thing to me. Um, and I'm like down an octave duetting with, with myself. Uh, so... Yeah, we're going to have a film premiere in London in September um, and then hopefully take it to New York after that. It's just this journey, like, before and after. And then I'm, I'm writing an album at the moment called Present in the Post where my voice will, will manipulate it digitally, but the first track will start high and then it will deepen over the course of the album. Um, but, yeah, we were recording videos last night for that. Um, and I start in the first video as a character and then each character transitions into the next one for the next video and then comes back to me full circle showing that we all have more in common than we do different. So, yeah, it's called Ep Episoda. Check it out. Sounds amazing. Thanks, Satch. <laughs> Thank you. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast series, so please do subscribe and rate and review us via your favourite podcast app. And if you visit bit.ly forward slash agorajourneys, you can give us your email so we can let you know when our next series is released and we can keep you up to date on our open evenings. <laughs>